If you grew up in the military, acronyms can feel like a breeze. However, if you're brand new, they can seem like a second language. In this episode, I cover some of the most basic acronyms to help clarify some of that confusion. So let's chat about that. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences that I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to Call to Marriage. As you can tell, today's episode is all about acronyms. And if you're like me, this may be something you are struggling quite a bit with. So my future spouse is a pilot for the military, and he can come in saying, yeah, you know, I was going to PT, and then I was going to grab some brunch or lunch or whatever at the DFAC, and then I was going to go talk to my CG and all these other things, and we're going to go to the HG. And it's like, oh my gosh, hold on, slow down. This is an entirely different language that you're speaking. I have no clue what you're saying. And it can kind of create this disconnect between you and your future spouse or your current spouse because you don't know what they're saying. And sometimes some of what they're saying is important for you to know what's going on. So I thought about it and I thought I would come up with a list of some of the most common acronyms across all branches, things that would be more known, um, not just within the Army, but across you know, all levels, and so that there could be a little bit more understanding about what's going on. Um, I will say as a disclaimer, there can be different acronyms for different jobs, and some acronyms can look the same, but they'll have a different meaning across jobs. So this is more of a generalized perspective on acronyms. So some of the things that I say while they're correct may also in a different job mean something entirely different. So just to kind of keep that on the forefront. But to start off, I thought I would begin with acronyms that work across the branches in the terms of a little bit more specific to the branches. So what I mean by that is uniforms and what they mean. And when when your spouse says, oh, yeah, I have to go put on my, you know, ACUs. And you're like, great. I don't know what that means. This is what I want to talk about. So first things first, if you have someone who is active duty, that is something that is represented by the acronym AD, active duty AD. And so this is something you'll see on reports and on paperwork, and it just means active duty means they're actively present in the military. They're doing mission essential work. And so when they get up in the morning after PT and they put on their uniforms, each branch has something a different acronym for the uniforms that they wear. It's basically combat attire. Um, it's not their dress uniform, which is that, you know, fancy spiffy button up, whatever. Now, this is just their basic combat wear. Um, and so starting with the Army. So you have ACUs if you're in the Army, which stands for Army Combat Uniform. And Air Force is similar, but they're called ABUs, which are air battle uniforms. So Army Air Combat Uniforms. Air Force, Air Battle Uniforms, ACUs and ABUs, that's their typical camo print. If your significant other is in the Marine Corps, it's an MCCUU, which stands for Marine Corps Combat Utility Uniform. If you're in the Navy, it's your NWUs, which is Navy Working Uniform. 
And if you are on the Coast Guard, it's your ODV, which is Operational Dress Uniform. So that covers uniforms. Apart from that, there are some really specific ones, though, that kind of carry across all branches. Uniform is really one of the specific areas that it branches out from. And then as you start to get into more common terms, military common terms, you'll see a little bit more crossweight. So that's where we're going to jump next to. So service members, or SMs, are provided a couple of benefits for being in the military, two of which are BAH and BAS. So BAH stands for your basic housing allowance. I know it should be BHA, but BHS, BAH, excuse me, is basic housing allowance, which is the amount of money per month that they are allotted for living expenses. So if you're going to live on post, um, your BAH would go to the post. If you're living off post, it goes to whoever you're renting from, or if you bought a house, it goes to that payment. And then BAS is something that officers get, which is your basic allowance for subsidence, which is just another fancy word for food. So if they were to eat off post, not at the DFAC, which is your dining facilities, they would get a BAS. Um, so each service member has a CO, which stands for commanding officer. And this is the officer that's in command of their unit. And so this is the person that they usually report up to that is in command of a bunch of different soldiers within a unit. And so I'll do another episode on what the different units look like. You can have different levels of command depending on if it's a brigade or a battalion or a platoon or a company. And so it really just kind of depends. Everyone reports up to the BC, which is the base commander. And so they're in charge of the entire post. And that is really the one who oversees operations um, as a whole. So moving on, if we get to getting to the actual post. When you move from one post to another post or a base to another base, um, depending on where you're at. So in the Army, it's a post. If you're in the Air Force or the Navy, um, it's a base. If you're moving from one post to another, this and it's a permanent duty change, meaning you're leaving one duty and going to another, leaving one job and going to another, it's called a PCS which stands for Permanent Change of Station. And these are usually ranging from a year and a half to three years, just depending. Average is about two. You'll spend, on average, about two years at a PCS, like after you PCS. Um, disclaimer, again, that can be totally dependent on the mission and the job that your service member or SM is supporting. But that's a PCS. If it's a temporary duty station, meaning they go for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and you don't see them and you don't move with them, that's usually called a TDY, which is temporary duty. This is what you can correlate to a business trip in the civilian world. So your spouse is going on a business trip for the military and they're going to be gone for a couple of weeks or a month or so, TDY, temporary duty. Now, when you PCS, you can either be OCONUS or you can be CONUS. And so what this means is that you're either inside the continental U.S., which is basically your state side, or you can be OCONUS, which is outside continental U.S. And this includes Alaska, Hawaii, Europe, Korea, anything outside of the land-based United States. 
And so if you're moving a CONUS, the military will ship everything for you. But if you're moving Ocon- uh, excuse me, CONUS, meaning you're inside the continental U.S., you can either have someone move your stuff for you or you can do what is called a ditty, which is a do-it-yourself move where you actually move yourself. You pack everything up, you get a U-Haul, and you drive and you move. Personally, we are looking at doing a ditty just because I am a very paranoid packer, and so I am very OCD about how things are done. So we aren't really moving anywhere where we would need to uh, have a mover. It's very accessible. I have a lot of family all over the continental U.S. that are willing to help us, so we're doing a ditty. But if you're moving Oconus, you don't have that option because it's kind of hard to do a, a move yourself with all your stuff. So they hire a company, and they'll move you move your stuff for you. So now you might be thinking, okay, great, that's good information to know, but what about when I become an actual spouse, meaning I have my ID, what does that all look like? So before the Army really kind of recognizes you as a spouse, after you get married, the state recognizes you as a spouse, but in order for the military to recognize you as a spouse, you have to enroll in what's called DEERS, which stands for Defense Enrollment Eligibility Reporting System. This is where you go in, they put down your information, they record who your sponsor is, which basically just means they record who your spouse is. So your spouse is technically your sponsor. And this is where you get your ID cards. They'll take your picture. They'll get your information. And this is also what you need in order to enroll in TRICARE, which is the military's version of health insurance. So this is how you basically get plugged into their system. And it's where you start getting access to military spouse benefits like TRICARE um, and getting able to go on base to the com, um, which is the commissary, their grocery store, or spouse support, support groups and things like that that happen on post. You're Uh, Enrollment in DEERS is basically how you are able to get access to post or to base. And so once you're enrolled um, and you started to take on these responsibilities as a spouse, you might hear something called an FRG. And this is something they encourage spouses to join, which is a family resource group. It's how the military communicates information to the families about what is going on on post. So if there's deployments coming up or if there's morale activities coming up, which is another fun way of saying mandatory fun. Um, If there are activities or um, fundraisers or things like that, that's all communicated through the FRG. Depending on the post you're at, the FRG leader is usually the spouse of someone who's in command. It doesn't have to be though, um, but that is usually who is communicating these things out to the spouse. It's a way to keep communication open, information flowing, to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And so That is also a way to provide support for spouses going through deployment. It puts you in touch with people who are sort of going through the same things that you are um, to help you get through that time. Another really awesome asset that's on post or on base is something that is MWR, which stands for Morale, Welfare, and Welfare and Recreation. So you can think of this as basically outside activities, recreational activities that you can do. They have activities for kids. It's kind of like a community center meets field trips, meets adventures, meets giving you experience of what's around your assignment, where you're at, where you're located. 
And so this office puts on trips, base activities, group classes, child classes, so like, like crafts activities to help boost morale in not only the soldiers and service members, but their spouses and their families as well. Um, an example of this is my future spouse and I did um, a trip through MWR to Paris for New Year's um, when he was stationed overseas, and that was awesome. It was a really fun trip. Usually, they're very affordable. They include everything that you would want to do, so like tickets for activities or tours, places to stay, um, and it really depends sort of on where you're located. So obviously, there'll be really cool out-of-the-box ones for overseas assignments, but even stateside, you know, you can have really cool hiking trips or camping trips or tours of really cool factories or things like that. Things that are not necessarily something you would know to do in that area on your own. And so it really is beneficial to give you a lot of cool trips and activities to do while you're trying to navigate this. Really good morale boosters. And so I'm finally down to my last three acronyms, which are the exchange, OPSEC, and PERSEC. So exchange is, you can think of it like a little shopping center that's located on post, depending on where you're located and the type of installment that you're at, which is another fancy word for base or post, depending on the installment that you're at, can vary on the size and the supplies and types of merchandise that's available. So your exchange is where you can get um, uniform stuff and some bigger bases. It looks like um, a Kohl's or a Dillard's or a Macy's. It has department like makeup and perfume and clothes and furniture and outdoor stuff. So it really just depends. Um, an example that I have is the one overseas in Germany in Ramstein literally looks like a mall. <laughs> and the one on his immediate post was a very small installment, looked like kind of a gas station. So it had, you know, a couple uh, military items, food, um, things like that. So it just depends on the size. But depending on what kind of military branch you're in depends on what it's called. So the most common ones are PX, BX, and NX. And EX, excuse me. So PX is post exchange. So if you are in the army, it will be a post exchange. If you are in the Air Force, for instance, it's BX, which is base exchange. And then NEX is naval exchange for Navy, obviously. And again, this is really just a place where you can get um, those like household goods and military clothing and things like that. The final two are perhaps the most important acronyms there are, which is OPSEC which stands for operational security, and PERSEC, which stands for personal security. So OPSEC, O-P-S-E-C, is the means for letting people to know to protect information about unit movements, um, you know, dates when troops are coming home. Essentially, it's information that should not be shared with anyone. It's information that is mission essential that only people who should know know. Um, you don't go around talking to people about this information. You never tell people when troops are coming back. You never tell people when troops are being deployed, where they're being deployed to, how long they're going to be there, what the you know definition of the mission is. Nothing. That's all OPSEC. That's operational security, tight-lipped, keep it tight-lipped, basically. PERSEC is personal security, which is Essentially, you keep your information private. You don't share information with anyone. You don't tell people when you're not home. It's it's information that's meant to keep you safe. So OPSEC and PERSEC, in my opinion, are some of the most important acronyms because they're really important to remember. As you're navigating this new life, it's important to know that 
you're not only taking care of yourself now, you're taking care of your SM, your service member, you're taking care of your family, and you're also taking care of the military to an extent by taking care of your service member. And by keeping that information private and personal, you're doing your part to keep the military safe. And so I really hope that these acronyms are helpful, that they covered the basics. They should help make this new foreign language seem a little less foreign. And so I really look forward to chatting with you all again. Next episode is going to be about unit structures because that is also something that is a foreign language to me. The levels, knowing you know what goes first. Is it a brigade? Is it a battalion? Is it a company? Is it a platoon? Is it a squad? It's a whole different ball game. And so I'm really excited to talk to you all about that. I might have a special guest. I'm going to try and convince my spouse member to explain it because he does a way better job at it than I do. But again, thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to chatting with y'all soon. Bye.